0: chapter twenty nine of madcap by george gibbs this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by tony oliva duo at some distance from the village street he dismissed the vehicle which had brought him from verneuil a rickety affair drawn by an emaciated horse and suitcase in hand strode up the hill toward the house of madame Guigou the garden wall of which was visible beyond the flowering orchard the air was laden with odors sweet with the smell of the fruit blossoms and early shrubs in the meadow to the left some goats were grazing and uh, as he passed the weather raised his head and examined him incuriously its bell clanging solemnly the sun was already beyond the profile of the forest beyond the sleepy village and against the warm sky thin threads of purple smoke ascended in perpendicular lines and then drifted lazily down to the mist of the valley below nature breathed slowly deeply as though aware that its state was not a matter of days or even of years but of an eternity during which its evolution must not be hurried after the turmoil of steamer and railroad this silence was oppressive minute sounds came to markham across the distances the bark of a dog the lowing of cattle a shutter closing human voices near and far each one distinct but each mellowed and softened as though strained through a silver mesh he missed the shudder of the steamer the rattle of the train the jolting even of the station wagon from which he had just descended for they were all a part of the fever of his voyage made in such mad haste sounds which had soothed and given him patience their very turbulence assuring him that he was losing no time upon the way and now that he had reached his destination a violent reaction had set in he was still moving forward toward the house with the walled garden but a fear obsessed him that perhaps after all there had been a mistake what if after all hermia were not here his suitcase gained in weight and he perspired gently why hadn't he cabled her at the first moment of his decision to sail or why hadn't he relayed his wireless across when the opportunity had offered all his hopes seemed to be slipping from his finger-ends was this vagabondia it seemed different somehow he was aware of his neatly creased trousers his bowler hat his gloves and the leather bag which reeked of sophistication he was an anachronism or valaisy was they were not a tune he and valaisy clashed discordantly timorously almost upon tiptoe he reached the village street a dog emerged from a field sniffed at the crease of his trousers suspiciously and growled at this moment Markham desired anything but commotion, so he chirped to the animal and strode on, his head bent, his gaze on the portal of the Ancien, which, as he noted, was forbiddingly closed. He paused a moment, eyeing the cur which stopped when he stopped, still regarding him uncertainly. And then summoning his courage, he went to the door and knocked this noise which sounded faintly enough to markham seemed to be the demonstration of hostility the dog was waiting for and it began barking furiously snapping almost at markham's immaculate heels a signal which was taken up immediately near and far by every cur in the village curious heads were poked out of windows and at last after a few moments his door was opened just wide enough for the head of his former hostess to inspect him. "'Madame Guegou, he began uncertainly and then paused. The door opened a trifle wider. "'It is I,' she remarked, her gaze on the suitcase. "'I can buy nothing, monsieur,' he laughed uneasily. "'You do not remember me, madame?' he asked she relinquished the doorknob and emerged inspecting his clothing you are from paris of course last year perhaps you came i did last summer madame i am philidor uh, the artist you monsieur you philidor she leaned forward upon the step her eyes searching his face philidor was not such as you he wore a beard and she suddenly caught him by the shoulder and turned him toward the sunset i might think and yet i am philidor he repeated laughing i came in search of of yvonne you are he it is true the saints be praised she threw the door inside open and called jules jules he is come monsieur philidor is here the ancien limped forward from the inner darkness showing his gums i knew it he cried triumphantly did i not say that he would return markham took the bony fingers his anxious gaze going past them toward the glow of the kitchen and yvonne he asked feverishly she is within she is here yes she is here waiting for you he dropped his valise and strode past them eagerly a pot simmered upon the fire the table gave evidence of a recent repast and a pile of dishes nearby stood mutely in evidence but of hermia there was no sign tiens madame gaigou was muttering she was here but a moment ago in the garden perhaps he dashed out of the rear door and down the gravelled walk hermia he called and then again hermia he reached the arbor just in time to see her speed across the lower end of the meadow and vanish into the trees hatless he leaped the low wall and followed joy giving him wings while the old couple wonderingly watched from the doorway they were mad these two she had been waiting for him a month and now she fled mad but what was love but madness markham sprang into the cover of the trees where he had seen her disappear and followed the path up the hill breathlessly she would escape him now even when she had sent for him and he had come to her she could not go far the cover was thin he would have called again but he spared his breath for he knew that she would not reply he reached the end of the path and scanned the hill beyond she could not have gone that way he turned and plunged among the pine trees to his right where the woods were thicker it was getting darker but he saw her white skirt gray in the shadows saw it lost it and found it again in the deep woods he sprang forward over fallen trees through brambles over rocks down the slope to the streamside, and caught her behind a tree where she had hidden away from him hermia he cried hermia you witch what a dance you've led me but i have you now i have you and so he had in both of his arms his lips seeking hers but she denied him did you think you could escape me again he laughed when i've come half across the world for you 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 frightened me she gasped how did i frighten you i did didn't expect you you sent for me i-i thought you would have cabled he laughed joyously Cabled the hour of my arrival and found you missing i know you now you see i took no chances as it is you tried to get away i didn't get far that wasn't your fault you tried why did you run she was silent her head still hidden he repeated the question i-i don't know do i frighten you now not so much he held her more closely in his arms and kissed the crown of her head which was the only object offered i know he whispered because you had given me everything except yourself and you knew that i would take that no no what then silence i had feared she paused what had you feared that you might not come you didn't reply this is my reply he raised her lips slowly to his own and took them. Her eyes were closed as though she feared to open them and show him the dawn of her womanhood. But in a moment her figure relaxed in his arms and her head sank upon his shoulder in token of surrender. Mad little Hermia, he whispered. Mad no longer, she sighed. You must prove it i'll not let you go until i'm sure you won't go flying from me again i don't want you to let me go i want you to hold me tight it is rest i'm tired of going i want to stay here you love me this time she opened her eyes wide and let him see that what she said was true she had outgrown her adolescence her madness unless it could be called madness to love as she did her eyes were deep wells of mystery in which he saw as from the distant brink above his own image clear amid the shadows there were signs of trouble in them too as though she had thought long and distressfully but greater than the marks of pain were the sweeter tokens of a love and trust unalterable she sank upon a rock he beside her her head on his breast the dusk fell swiftly its shadows enfolding them he kissed her again and again her lips trembled upon his as she murmured the words so long unspoken philidor i love you i love you it was so long the waiting you needn't have waited dear he said gently oh don't reproach me i can't bear it it had to be olga she smirched us your love and mine made he stopped her lips with kisses smiling inwardly and thinking of the wisdom of mrs hammond there is no olga he murmured no gossip but the whisper of the stream which knows the truth yes the truth that's all that matters isn't it but that play shall i ever forget it Shh, child you must forget a lie never lives i will forget i don't care now let them say what they choose but i did suffer philidor and i you were cruel dear i had to be cruel i feared that you that i she paused and he questioned gravely i feared that you too might have misjudged me there in the woods at sais that i had cheapened myself to you that i had been unwomanly hermia i don't know what possessed me after olga appeared she poisoned the very air with doubt i was desperate i didn't seem to care what happened i don't know what i wanted i think if you had taken me then and held me as you do now held me close to you and had not let me go as you did you might have had me to do as you willed but you relinquished me i had to dear yes i understand now i couldn't then i wanted to hurt you as i was hurt your sanity made me desperate i couldn't understand why you should be so sane while i was not you were greater than i and though I loved you for it-oh, philidor, how I loved you. I meant that you should pay for my heart-throbs, that you should pay for olga, for everything. I have paid. Forgive me. I suffered doubly in knowing that you suffered. I fled from you and hid my heart as a miser would bury his treasure. But your letters, forwarded from Paris, followed me. Oh, philidor, I did not read them-not at first i saw olga telling that story at the dinner table and my pride revolted i put them away unopened and kept them concealed from others from myself and tried to forget them i couldn't they were you i would take them out and look at them slept with them under my pillow at last i could stand it no longer i took them and disappeared for a whole day from the rest of my party i read them alone on the summit of a mountain she broke off with a sigh ah me if you had come to me there you would not need to have pleaded philidor my hermia you were with me that day did you know it i was with you every day child she smiled happily when i got down to evian at nightfall they were searching for me they thought that i had fallen and been killed they reproved me I was calm and smiling my spirit still soaring to you across the distances i had made up my mind to go to you the next day oh if you had in the morning she went on came your letter telling me that you were sailing for new york it wasn't like the other letters you were reproachful and you were going away from me it chilled me a little after the day before olga's face interposed again and so i let you go you see i'm telling you everything go on dear i got no more of your letters for a time for a long time i wrote you yes from new york there was some mistake i didn't get those letters until long after until i reached new york until after i had seen you meanwhile i feared that you had cooled, that Olga had done something to change you. Not that. I feared her. I knew then that she was capable of anything. I heard that she was again in New York, and sensed that you might have seen her. I did see her, he put in grimly. I didn't know what had happened. I made up my mind to ignore her, to ignore you, to forget you, and to make you forget if i could what had happened that was impossible i knew it but i tried oh my dear if you had known my pains at making you suffer it was hard but i did it when you came to the house don't speak of that he muttered it was not hermia that i saw not this hermia it was a girl that even i did not know i had rehearsed that conversation and i carried it through to the end the end of all things it seemed she drew more closely into the shelter of his arms and drew his lips down to hers yes but we shall make a new beginning and then she went on after a moment i saw olga and cut her i hadn't meant to but i couldn't help it the sight of her turned me to ice and pierre de folligny she stopped again her brows tangling that man he remembered me he presumed he was odious i had the butler show him the door i-i wasn't very wise i think but i couldn't philidor i simply couldn't temporize with a man of his caliber den him said markham he told i think or olga did it was to Foligny. he groaned, but I couldn't do anything. That would have made things worse. Oh, yes. And then the play, that dreadful play. That was Olga's doing. I was there, Philidor, at Roods and all. I saw it all, listened in terror to every word of the dreadful sacrilege. It was sacrilege to see my love and yours picture the dreadful thing that that love was i got out somehow they were talking of me lightly i heard them as they talked of of other women who do not know right from wrong as they would have talked of that dreadful frenchwoman who who was killed she was sobbing gently on his shoulder her slender body quivering and drawing closer oh i have paid paid in full for my fault he soothed her but she started back holding him at arm's length her eyes the more lovely through their tears but i regret nothing i would suffer more if i might to know what i know i have learned the meaning of life Philidor. i bless my pain for the new meaning it has given my joy i bless your pain even dear for the new meaning it has given your unselfishness you thought only of me of my happiness when i had paid you only misery there shall be no more pain he murmured there is no room for it joy shall crowd it out will you forgive me she asked i'll try he smiled will you promise never to run away from me again where should i run he meditated a moment and then said with a smile to Trevelyan, m but she put her fingers over his lips before he could finish don't philidor wherever i went i should not go to trevi she laughed he cast me off you know cast you off she nodded he heard that story at Rude's knoll after i had gone the next day he came to my house in town i saw him he wore a woe-begone expression and silently presented a clipping from a paper she laughed again he looked like a virtuous undertaker presenting a bill long overdue for the interment of some lightly mourned relative he asked me if the story were true i said it was and he went out of the house casting not even one longing lingering look behind but it wasn't true "'That's just the point. But he thought so. Would you have believed me that kind of a girl? You could have, you know, and didn't.' She sighed happily and sank back into his arms. "'I think I don't want people to be too excellent, Philidor, just human.' "'Were you—' he hesitated a moment. "'Were you engaged to him, Hermia?' She gazed at him wide-eyed. "'Never.' she asserted and then repeated never 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 but the newspapers oh philidor how could i have been engaged to Trevy when i-i was already engaged to you engaged yes promised after the forest at sais i knew it then i could never have loved anyone else why philidor you held me like this and kissed me you loved me then and before she hesitated demurely yes before before alenon yes before verneuil she smiled and nodded here at Vallée-Sie. before that you adorable child passy yes he was now really astounded what she added astounded him still more i think it began before wake robin thimble island she stammered i-i think it really began in your studio in new york you interested me and you snubbed me so completely you were so impolite john markham i was curious about you you were like no man i had ever met you told me the truth i didn't like it but i respected you for telling it when i went away i remember wanting to see you again at thimble Island yes she hid her face in his breast and the words came slowly. "'My visit to... to Thimble Island. I... I knew you were there. My... motor didn't miss fire, Philidor?' He raised her head and made her look at him. Even in the wan light her face was rosy with her confession. But she laughed joyously i wanted to snub you for being so rude to me alas i ended by by scrubbing your floor diana of the tubs how you scrubbed i liked it you were very nice at Thimble island philidor she paused a moment then olga came and the others she quite owned you then didn't she no he replied slowly i don't think i really liked olga's face powder on your coat dear he was silent i knew you didn't love her you couldn't she wasn't your sort more silence you didn't care for her did you jerkily he looked down into her eyes tenderly but made no reply she sighed but asked no more questions and when he knew that she understood the meaning of his silence he took her head between his hands and made her look at him isn't it enough for me to say to you that i love you better than all the world dear that i am yours wholly and indivisibly my past my future oh i am content she whispered quickly your past shall be what you have made it i'm not afraid but your future she caught one of his hands in both of her own and held it to her heart that is mine there was a silence rich with meaning the stream the whispering boughs the rising breeze in the tree-tops joined in the soft chorus of their nuptial song the night fell shrouded in mystery behind them over their shoulders a new moon rose a harbinger of good fortune but they did not turn to look at it it could not foretell them a fortune that was already theirs its light flowed through the shadows paling the silhouette of the leaves against the afterglow bathing them both in liquid silver he told her many of the things that she already knew but each reiteration had a new meaning and a new delight the same immortal questions and answers ever new ever mystifying the touch of hands of eyes the physical contact outward tokens of the spiritual pact made already the welding of the bonds which were to make them one the moments of their more intimate confessions past he told her of the friendship of mrs hammond and what she had done to set the story right but she did not seem to hear him her gaze was upon the pale rim of light along the hilltop beyond a gaze which looked and saw nothing beyond the rosy aura of her thoughts what does it matter now she murmured what does anything matter after this you will marry me soon he urged her she sighed softly and laid her hand in his. "'Whenever you want me to,' she said with eloquent simplicity. "'Tomorrow?' She smiled mischievously. "'I must, I think, Philidor. Would you have me compromised?' He laughed happily. "'Yes, compromised by reverence, pilloried by tenderness.' "'Not reverence, Philidor. I'm only a little devil, after all.' Then devils are angels and vagabondia your wings are white Termia. they're trailing now brave wings fluttering weary of flight they shall fly no more not alone broader ones shall bear them company a pause after to-morrow shall we go afoot philidor as before and then poor clarissa he laughed you shall have her she started up in delight you mean that you clarissa is languishing in a stable in paris she spoke of cleofonte and the signora we must find them too philidor and stella i promised her we must do something for stella it was growing late there was a sound in the thicket behind them they started up and were confronted by the anciens who hobbled toward them with his stick and lantern like diogenes searching for an honest man god be praised he croaked you are here we feared you might have fallen among the rocks among the roses perkegu thy roses said ivan her hand in philidor's the old man stared at them witlessly then turned and lighted them upon their way End of chapter 29 The End of Madcap by George Gibbs